This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, Do we like this movie? This week, we're discussing the 2010 remake to The Karate Kid. Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your remake host, Javi. <laughs> and this week, this is it. This is the last movie that we're reviewing in the Karate Kid movie review series. And Finally. Man, it's it's it, it doesn't feel like there's that many movies in this franchise, but God, we're already on number five, and we've been doing this since like february (laughs) this is all i've known this year i'm starting to i'm starting to feel it now (laughs) i know but you know what it hasn't overstated its welcome i think like five is the right number not like when we did nine when we did the star wars movies or you know your favorite that is like a series that we may never return to because just based on the fact that it wasn't very popular but when we were doing james bond movies oh yeah (laughs) I know. Thanks, fans. <laughs> you made your voices heard through not listening to our show. Um. Anyway, uh, this week we're doing the 2010 remake of The Karate Kid, and this movie stars Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. So this is the first movie without Pat Morita in it, in this franchise, and we are now, you know, when this movie was coming out, I thought much like with Halloween 2007, uh, with the night with like all the horror remakes that were coming around this time as well, and the Batman reboot, like I, I really thought that this was going to be the beginning of a new Karate Kid franchise, um, and I didn't think we were ever going to go back to that original trilogy, which we do end up that ends up happening. But anyway, let's. <laughs> I think what we should start with here is maybe the biggest problem with this movie, and that's the fact that it's called the Karate Kid, right? There is zero karate in this film. Exactly. <laughs> in case anyone was one, spoiler <laughs> alert. Yes, this movie is... So, Jaden Smith is actually being taught Kung Fu by Jackie Chan. So, it really doesn't have a lick of karate in it at all. And to the point where I think this movie was released in other countries as the Kung Fu Kid and not the Karate Kid. Uh, <laughs> Which, here, they probably really wanted to capitalize on the name uh, the Karate Kid. Are you kidding me? Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith bought the rights to this series to set it up as a star vehicle for their son. And <sighs> spoiler alert. I wish I had parents like that. That'd be so rad. <laughs> spoiler alert. Jaden Smith hasn't really been in a ton of movies. Uh, and at this point in time, he's more well known for his music which i actually think is pretty good um and i know that maybe people have most recently heard him like doing music for that spider-man miles morales soundtrack his music is pretty good i i I do like it but you know you'll see throughout the movie that his acting isn't too spectacular which i'm not going to ding him for it because he's definitely like 
11 or 12 years old <laughs> when he was doing this. So it's definitely better than other child actors we've seen. Although, like high water high watermark is uh Macaulay Culkin as far as like That's child true. actors go that we've seen. So, I mean, he's no Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh so this movie uh is directed by a man named Howard Zwart. But if you notice, there is a story credit uh, that is done to Robert Mark Kamen, the guy who wrote the original Karate Kid. And that's actually pretty appropriate because with the exception of the fact that the setting is in China and that these characters all have different names, this movie is a pretty faithful adaptation of the Karate Kid from 1984. This is a pretty hard remake. I remember what you were texting <laughs> me throughout the week talking about this movie, and you're like, wow, this is like a remake remake. Yeah. And it really is almost like... I don't want, I mean, obviously not the runtime. I think this movie runs a little bit longer. No, I think they both run the same. They both, the original Karate Kid is a two hour movie. Yeah, it's not two hours and 20 minutes, though. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Yeah. And after a while, this movie feels like a two hour and 20 minute movie. (laughs) But no, like it hits all the major story beats. Like almost, I mean, yeah, of course they got to change some things around because they're kids. Like I think Jaden and what's the, oh man. This is going to be hard remembering all the characters' names and not calling them their analogs from the 1984 Karate Kid. Yeah. But yeah there's like... Uh, well, Jaden is Dre. Okay, so we can... Yeah, well, we he's can, Dre. Let's break it down. Okay, yeah. so Jaden Smith's character is Dre. Yes. Dre is, for all intents and purposes, Daniel. Uh, Jackie Chan plays Mr. Han, the maintenance man, who is pretty much Mr. Miyagi, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Cheng is the bully who, in my opinion, comes off as really a cross. Like, I feel like he's a combination of Johnny Lawrence and Chosen in this. Racist. <clears throat> Sorry. Not- I'm trying to say racist and I coughed. <laughs> not because, not just because he's Asian or because he's Asian, but the fact that, you know, we talked about the fact that Chosen was somewhat of a sociopath <laughs> oh yeah and there's one thing i'll give chang is he has a, the 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 sociopath little boy sociopath look down exactly <laughs> yeah but it's not fun when someone has you on the back pedal is it <laughs> i just like not being the one on the back pedal this time um what i so we do have the daniel's mother character uh which Very is you dark. know dre's mother uh who is played by the wonderful Taraj P. Henson, who mm-hmm. the last time we reviewed her in a movie, it was when we did Baby Boy, like months ago, if you remember. And I, I do, do, yeah, it's, unfortunately, I feel like Taraji P. Henson has been like saddled with a fair amount of roles where she's like, you know, the long-suffering wife or girlfriend, you know, or mother, I do appreciate the fact that in this movie, you know, it's it's a really nice uh, vehicle for her to flex some of her, you know, like th- this is one of the more three dimensional characters that she had, um, you know, around this time. And I know now, like, I love her in the movie, uh, you know, the the Hidden Figures movie and mm-hmm. everything that she does. She just like she's such a, you know, 
great actress that, it, that she stands out right but uh i am yeah. so glad they gave her more to do in this yes. film than they gave <laughs> daniel's mom in the original karate kid right because she was almost like a non-factor for most of the movie and at the very least here like since sherry's actually involved in dre's life and like she there are more scenes than just when they arrive to beijing and then the kung fu tournament we actually see her in that two-hour runtime which makes me feel a lot better (laughs) like yeah it makes you like her a lot more too well i think there's a couple of reasons for that too one is the fact that dre is a lot younger than daniel is in the karate kid um you know, it's not a 25, 26 year old guy playing a 17 year old kid anymore. I was about to say, Jaden is definitely a lot younger than Ralph Macchio was. Um, and then the other one is I know we talked about the original one being in the 80s. I just feel like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, like kids were, I feel like it was more normal to see like kids just kind of like wandering off, like without their parents. Like, you know, like, when I was growing up, like Being I was a filthy kid. street urchins, if you will. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, like I would leave the house for hours at a time, right? And not come home <laughs> till the evening. You just made me think of Nelson for the Simpsons, where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> all the kids are like trying to sneak past their parents. <laughs> and then Nelson just walks out the door. All right, mom, going to Shelbyville. <laughs> well, that was like, you. Well, I mean, I didn't leave, I didn't stray too far from my house, but what I mean is like, you know, it's just like, I feel like it's different now, you know, as parent, as someone who is a parent and, uh, you know, growing up in a time like this, it's just, we're less inclined to let our kids wander around because we're more in tune with the dangers of letting kids, you know, wander around with all these like monsters out there, <laughs> but, <all> guns. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so this movie, it starts off with, uh, Dre, uh, you know, and his mother. What did you say her, his mother was again? Sherry. Sherry Parker. Sherry. All right. Because I, I keep wanting to call her just Mrs. Parker because I forget her first name. <laughs> but all right. So uh, Sherry and Dre are leaving Detroit, which is where uh, Sherry was working. And I guess, you know, this is around the time when, uh, you know, GM was falling apart. And remember the government like had to buy it and bail it out so that the auto industry like wouldn't completely collapse Mm. even though the auto industry has practically been crippled at this point in the u.s yeah it's it feels it feels modern i guess that we have you know uh them having to leave the town that they're in it just feels a little far i mean you never know right it feels a little far-fetched that unless sherry's gonna have a job where they pay her good money i can't imagine why she would be leaving to another country but um, but that's the conceit that we're going to get for the story, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the be to the original movie where it was moving from the east coast of the U.S. to L.A. and the Valley and stuff like that. We are now going from uh, Detroit, which we never really see in this movie, uh, to China, where we will spend the entire period of this movie. <laughs> I think the closest we get to seeing Detroit in this film is literally the goodbye scene. <laughs> Yes. when dre and his mom or when dre and Cher are saying goodbye to their family members and like the cousin gives him the skateboard and it's just like yeah goodbye pretty and so i do actually kind of like that though because as an audience we're just as much of a fish out of water as dre is and like we immediately get to see him trying to like adapt and acclimate to a new culture um and right off the bat you know they actually address things that matter like the fact that you can't 
just go to sleep right after doing a cross world a cross world uh what's it called flight because there's something called jet lag so you know like that was something that actually plays in as they're trying to kind of get accustomed to this mm-hmm. you know their new home in beijing uh, much like Daniel, he's, you know, Dre doesn't want to be living in this new place. Uh, he does immediately step out and try to make friends. Much like the first movie, he has a neighbor that he, like, you know, has a conversation with and stuff like that. And The most Johnny Lawrence kid I've ever seen that wasn't Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> I wonder if they picked him to, like, what's his name? Harry, I think was the name of the kid. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they picked him because he looked like a young Johnny Lawrence. I don't um, know because the, his his counterpart from Karate Kid One is actually Mexican. Is the Mexican kid? <laughs> That's why it's pretty. It's pretty trippy that they went with the most blonde haired, blue eyed child you've ever seen. Well, the funny thing is, much like that character in the original movie, you're only going to see him like in the first scene where they're playing basketball. Uh, Dre doesn't really get into it very much, uh, and then that's where he meets, you know, the uh, the love interest for this movie. Um, goodness, what is her name? Mei Ying. Yes, Mei Ying. Who you know, it, it the relationships in Karate Kid. I feel like you know, it's 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 up and down, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's seeing cookie cutter thing, just like it was with uh, Ali. <laughs> Right. And like, funny enough, I think in this series, it was still probably the best uh, relationship that we've seen in these movies has been Daniel and Kumiko from Karate Kid 2. <laughs> I know. I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's like, uh, if we're blaspheming when we say that. Well, I have a feeling like the Karate Kid saga has a very rapid fan base of like 40 year olds. Well, no, I think most people who are fans of the series are specifically fans of the original. And I do think a lot of people have a lot of fondness for the Daniel and Allie relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, they're wrong, so. <laughs> yeah, at least on this show, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're entitled to their wrong-ass opinions on our show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, again, we, we get to deal with some of the fish-out-of-water stuff. Um, it's not really, like, you know, I know Karate Kid 2. We watched Daniel, like, leave the U.S. and go to a different country, go to Okinawa and uh but it 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 okinawa always feels like a vacation for daniel mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel and, it, and he's already so in tune with mr miyagi that it doesn't feel like you know he's having such a hard time fitting in whereas mm-hmm. you know dre much like karate kid one more than anything is having a hard time you know uh settling in and again this is follows the formula of the first movie pretty closely uh, once they get to the apartment building, that's where they realize that uh, there's a water issue that needs to be fixed. So, uh, you know, Dre goes down to see the maintenance man, Mr. Han, and kind of like <laughs> the original movie where Mr. Miyagi is trying to catch the fly with the chopsticks. You mm-hmm. have Mr. Han like kind of chase the fly around, except he <laughs> like, grabs a fly swatter and smacks the shit out of it instead. All right. I got to say. I am a huge Jackie Chan fan, so I am super biased. Of course, no one can ever replace like Pat Morita and Mr. Miyagi. Like Mr. Like that's that's like an untouchable role at this point. <laughs> like it feels like no one else can be Miyagi. But Mr. Like Jackie Chan is Mr. Han. 
Like, especially when you're so used to seeing Jackie Chan as, like, Rumble in the Bronx Jackie Chan or, like, pretty much all the... All those time, all those Beijing like action films he did before he got big in the states and Rush Hour, um, like Russia, and before you know he kind of brought that type of like I don't even know how to pronounce it, like kind of like kung fu comedy to to the states, mm-hmm. states side, right? And You're that's still- and that and a lot of that is Rush Hour. Like people really underestimate like the impact that that movie had not only on his career but how like we like how we. Well, his How he digested, like, side. huh? I'll say yeah, his career stateside. stateside because, like, he was already a super established, like, martial arts like, actor. Oh yeah, like, and, well and, into the eighties and nineties, you know, like, yeah. My t- my dad, my dad would uh, rent, my dad would rent the old videos uh, of movies of of the movies that he was in, mm-hmm. you know, like of his non-US stuff at Blockbuster all the time. Here I go dating myself, but yeah. My dad would go to Blockbuster and rent a bunch of Jackie Chan movies. Hey man, I'm the one talking about Super Cop and Operation Condor, right? <laughs> like, no, like, my dad course. went even more obscure than that. Like it was legitimately nothing like his US work. <laughs> nice. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 interesting to see that now it's from seeing him from going as like the leading guy to now because you know like by this point by the time this film came comes along he's already getting up there he's like late 40s early 50s so it's like you really do see him as kind of like this grizzled older guy so it's like to see him finally go into that master role into the guy like that's taking on apprentice it's really cool um because you know it's a role i haven't seen him in at least i could before i've seen um or you know before watching karate kid i don't think i ever saw him in a role like that so well, this is what shocked me most about this movie, okay? Because Rush Hour 3, it comes out and is released just three years before this movie. So he like was still like younger Jackie Chan to me. And when I saw like the fact that he was going to be, you know, I didn't know what the character's name was, but I thought he was going to be Mr. Miyagi. Like that's who he was going to be in this. When I saw the trailer is when I was like, whoa, all right. It was like one of those moments where you finally like, where you're like, oh man, like our heroes I, are getting old. <laughs> yes, I had one of those moments when I yeah. saw that. But I really do, I really, really do like him in this movie, uh, even though he's playing basically the exact same character that Pat Morita played. Uh, there's enough of it that feels, you know, Jackie Chan. You know, like just the way he te- the, the fact that he's teaching a completely different martial art. I think mm-hmm. that's the cool stuff. The fact that it's different enough mm-hmm. because if he was if it was the same thing and we were going to do wax on wax off even though there is a version of that in this. Mm-hmm. Um it, it is he good. created specifically for this movie. Yeah. So his version of wax on wax off was actually met with the ideas of principles of kung fu in mind. So it's not like he just made something up or they made something up to be different, you know. Which is kind of cool. Well, the other thing that was his thing, like I mean Jackie Chan's thing in movies, specifically American movies, was the fact that he would, he was just an artist at using items around him as like, <laughs> just like mundane items as, as weapons, like in fight scenes. 
improv fighting baby <laughs> yeah like it, it's it's his thing and it's really nice that he gets to flex those muscles in this <laughs> because it's again for for a jackie chan movie this is like where you were like all right well maybe he doesn't want to fight as much as he used to because he's getting a little older now mm-hmm. and in my opinion like when what, what i thought when this movie was coming out was this might be his last this might be his chance to go from the martial arts guy to the actor you mm-hmm. know like I, I thought he was going for an Oscar here, <laughs> you know. At least, I, not to say that I think this movie is Oscar worthy. <laughs> what I mean is, like, you know, it, the idea of him being more of a dramatic actor. Yeah, you in you would think like the same way Pat Morita got the nod for best supporting actor, right? Well, um, when this movie came out, the year this movie came out, I was infatuated. Like, I thought it was great. I loved that movie the year it came out mm-hmm. way more than I like it now. <laughs> I, I don't, and I don't think this is a bad movie. I yeah. think, I just think that it's a long movie. It's, uh, it's too similar to the original to really stand out in its own. And the mm-hmm. fact that Cobra Kai now exists and we've gone back to the world of the original movie, mm-hmm. it feels more like even more than the next karate kid it feels like a movie that doesn't belong in this series <laughs> oh 100 yeah and but you know and that's my biggest gripe with this movie like it's not like you said it's not a bad movie it's way in some ways like in in the story beats overall story beats it's too similar to the karate kid in 84 Mm-hmm. And it feels like they, it pretty much to me, it feels like the directors and producers were like, okay, we're going to get as much of the 84 Karate Kid as we can in here. And then we're going to add things to make different as opposed to taking stuff away. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem is that then the movie runs a little bit longer than it needs to. Yes. And it and feels that, like a movie that wants to do several different things. It yeah. wants to be part of a shot for shot remake of Karate Kid 1. And then there's other stuff that we get in it, like, uh, you know, Dre having to deal with the fact that he's in a different country, yeah. uh, the background story of Mr. Han, the story of, you know, Dre, like, uh, getting, you know, him and, and, and Mei Ying, like, having their relationship or, or starting to kind of, like, get into it. But it's just, there's some stuff in here where you're like, uh, like, and it's like, and you know that Will Smith was like, you know Will Smith was kind of overseeing all of this, <laughs> so it's just like I mean, there's yeah. stuff there's stuff in this movie where you were like, yeah, this, and I, and and I'm not black, right? So and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> we should always have that disclaimer anytime that we talk about you know, the, <laughs> like the kind of like racial differences in these movies, right? Um, Do we like movies? And then like subtext, we are not black. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's dre is is you know is is dating someone who is chinese or is trying to get with someone who is chinese and it's like it's one of those things where it's like the race aspect of it is both focused on and not at the same time you know focused on in a odd kind of revealing the anti-blackness in communities of color that aren't black yes well, the first one like, is the it's the hair, right? The is hair, the yeah. hair definitely feels awkward. Um, Listen, having <laughs> grown out my hair due to COVID, 
I had someone ask me, you I mean, you saw how curly my hair went. Like I had big anime hair. And it was like curly and huge, and it looked like two. I had two heads at one point. <laughs> I had someone ask me, "Hey, can I touch your hair?" And before I had the chance to say "nah," because you know we're in a pandemic, <laughs> immediately start pulling on my curls, and I was like, "Whoa!" I beg your pardon. I know we're fighting, <laughs> but you know. Like, I can't, and that's just, like, that one instance. Like, I can say I, that has never happened to me in, in, like, before, and it hasn't happened to me after since I finally got a haircut. Mm-hmm. So, I can't imagine what it's like for black folks who have had people literally come up and tell them the same shit probably their whole lives. Yeah, I, again, it's not something that I spend a ton of time focusing on, but it's there. It kind of made me wince a little bit. And a I was like, bit, all right, well. Yeah, I cringed. The other one is just like how clearly disapproving Mei Ying's father is of the fact that she's that she's seeing Dre. I but wonder I also, why. But I also feel like that because this movie is dealing with younger kids and it doesn't really want to get into some of those serious questions, right? Like you're not gonna oh, get yeah. you're not gonna get any Japanese internment camp like depth in this movie. <laughs> You're not right. gonna get those like really dark stories of you know Miyagi having to fight for a, a country that b- turned around and arrested his kid or his wife and kid, or like you know, like or, yeah. or like you know the fact that Dre would have to deal with the fact that he's now living in you know in a communist country, right? Like the the world that he, in terms of just how it's governed and a lot of the like you know traditions norms all of that stuff is different and i feel like this movie kind of like gets into it but doesn't really Mm. you know it's it's like again it because it's shackled to having to be a remake of karate kid it it doesn't really accomplish too much because it does part of like the new stuff is not fleshed out enough Mm -hmm. that it feels like it can stand on its own you know yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, is that they're just not able to flesh out the stuff that interesting stuff that would totally like you do wanna you do wanna see how it builds the world around them. And so okay. So we get <gasps> Dre gets beat up by the kids at school. Um pretty much like... a lot. Chang and his gang go to town on poor Dre. <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, it's, it's a lot less, you know, it, it, because of the language difference, they don't talk to each other enough. Chang feels like less of a character and more of just a, oh, he just feels like more of a villain than Johnny or Shozan did. Because at least those guys, it's like, you spent some time with them kind of starting to figure out like what their motives are. Like, mm-hmm. you don't really have any motives for, for, uh, Cheng. Like I know that that Dre like makes a joke about like maybe he likes making and that's why mm-hmm. he's like so up his ass about it. Yep. <laughs> but outside of that, like unless he really is in love with Meiying, like there's absolutely no reason why Cheng should be this far up Dre's ass the entire no, movie. The only character arc I can tell Cheng has is sociopath. <laughs> like because he go like my favorite part is that he tells Dre stay out of our way, but they like go looking for him. Yes, and you <laughs> like, know we get this. We get the scene. You know, like after they've beaten up on him a few times, we get the scene where he is actually about to like get seriously hurt 
at the hands of these kids. And that's when Mr. Han finally shows up. Okay, and- hold on. Before we get into <laughs> Mr. Han kicking the shit out of these, using these kids to kick the shit out of the other kids, <laughs> the chase scene that turned into Casino Royale parkour chase scene very quickly. <laughs> I got to hand it. I don't know how they did it. If those kids had stunt doubles or those kids are just naturally that physically gifted, but I was very impressed seeing these kids pull off like some parkour moves chasing Dre. And I thought that entire chasing was pretty intense because I'm like, poor Dre, you you have no chance. You're just going to get your shit kicked in. But by the like you said, by the time he gets there, or by the time he 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 makes it back to what I assume is close to Mr. Han's uh, apartment, you know he's getting the ever loving shit kicked out of him by Chang and his friends. But then in comes um, in comes Mr. Han to save the day, and right off the bat, first major difference between Karate Kid '84 and Karate Kid '2010 you know it could be because they obviously because they scaled the ages down but yeah mr han does not punch or kick or hurt any of these kids himself and i thought that was a very interesting distinction especially since the focus of the you know the focus was more about like um jackie chan style fighting which is very uh like his kung fu style specifically like the the drunken boxing style he likes to do where it's all core work. So it's like you get to see him move and like redirect his opponent's momentum, uh, which I mean, it's, it's still the same principle as karate, but the difference being that Mr. Miyagi had zero problems roundhouse kicking Johnny and Lawrence <laughs> and the rest of the Cobra Kai kids. Well, plus when you're dealing with like high school seniors, you can use the excuse that these guys are 18. So you're like, all right, well, fine. He's beating up adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, plus like what we talked about before, this was this was Jackie Chan's thing, like what he's known for. So it is an opportunity for him to be able to show, you know, that kind of style. Um, so he, he his version of the clapping your hands together and rubbing your hands until you heal someone is uh, doing the uh, what is it, magic uh, Chinese fire. Yeah, (laughs) but essentially what it is is he uses those glass cups and he superheats them and then puts them on Dre's body and then literally I shit you not grabs fire (laughs) rubs it in his hands and runs it over Dre's like chest and his body and I'm just like man they are like it's that's like a movie trope we are never gonna get away from are we like the well you know what secret at least this movie isn't as like at least it's not as just like blatant as the next karate kid which we watched last week like i feel like in that one miyagi existed for no other reason than to be like the mystical minority character (laughs) whereas in this it's like you know, we're, Mr. Han is back to original Miyagi, who was more of an actual character in this movie. Um, I think because, again, the uh, because of the age difference, and maybe just because of the 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 acting, you know that 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 Jaden Smith does do in this movie, I feel like there's a lot of. It doesn't feel. All right. It feels different from Daniel Miyagi. I mm. feel a lot of warmth in this and a lot more of it. 
it feels less verbal too yeah honestly like for me anyway it felt like dre and han were more father and son yes as opposed to Miyagi and uh, Miyagi and uh, Daniel, where it was like, there it, it was friendship, maybe more cool rat uncle. It felt more. <laughs> it felt more uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Yeah. Than than, a, than like a surrogate father son relationship. Like and I, I said, think that's why we probably thought the relationship between Miyagi and Julie was, you know, felt like it had a lot more warmth to it. Um. Because he did feel more like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it's it's weird. The relationship between Daniel and Miyagi is just so. It, 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 again, it feels very Back to the Future to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Especially since by Karate Kid Three, they're going to business together. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, like it's one thing where like, and Daniel even in Karate Kid too, like the whole reason he goes to Okinawa is because he said, and you know, he calls Miyagi his friend. He's like, "You're my, you're my friend, and you need me, and that's why I'm going." You know, so it's like completely different. Like you said, because of the fact that, um. I think a big part of it is the fact that Dre Parker is so small. I think because he's 12 years old. And let's be real, like at this point, Jaden is a pretty tiny kid. Yeah. But and you he, know, but you know what the other thing is too? Like, and, and I'll say this. He he's really good at he's got this really good vulnerability about him as a character mm-hmm. and as an actor. Like, like there's the moments like when he says to Mr. Han, you know, you're the best friend I ever had. And his voice like kind of like quivers while he's talking to him. It's just you feel it. Right. And then you get the scene where he like finally like goes off on his mom and says, you know, uh, you're the one who wanted to come here. I didn't want to come here. And of course, the now famous I hate it here meme like is from this movie. <laughs> so if anyone ever hears the words like I hate it here is like a like joke in like meme gags and stuff like that like that's from this movie (laughs) because like like the scene that gets or that got me a little bit that was like oh this poor kid is when he tells mr on at the end of the during the tournament when he's like i just don't want to be scared anymore i was like oh Mm -hmm. don't worry little Jaden, jackie chan will protect you (laughs) and and i the same with his mom like dre and sherry like both have this like there's just this something about them where you just you want things to work out for them <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's it's why han feels so instantly like you, you just love him as a character because <laughs> he because he is here to help these you know these folks not only like help them help dre navigate the fact that he's in this new country but also like he he, he seems to care about him enough where much like karate kid one we're gonna take you to the dojo we're going to tell you <laughs> that, you know, you're going to tell the, the rival uh, sensei, you know, that, uh, that, you know, please leave him alone and he'll fight you guys at the tournament. <laughs> Except Mr. Han actually has more confidence in Dre <laughs> than Miyagi had in Daniel. It's less of a troll when he's like trying to teach him, even though, even though, you know, and of course the jacket technique, right? Like we get mm-hmm. that because in the beginning of the movie, Dre is incapable of hanging his jacket on the rack. Mm-hmm. And it turns into a thing that his mom is like always getting angry about. 
and there's even the funny scene where <laughs> where she invites like you know mr han to come with them to the festival mm-hmm. and uh she sees the jacket on the floor from you know where all the practice that they were doing <laughs> she just pick up your jacket right now <laughs> <laughs> the way she said it gave me flashbacks to me getting killed <laughs> and then the fact that even mr han's like eyes get like wide open <laughs> it uh, uh, that way it was good Never um, did I ever think I would see Jackie Chan and Taraji P. Henson in the same movie. You know, and they did good though. They did no. like it was pretty good seeing them together and sharing scenes. I don't know why. There was something that like it was a we- it was this weird culture clash I never expected, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, and, and I think I think a you have the danger of something like this where. It's like, all right, well, now it's going to be a relationship between Mr. Han and his mom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's good that it doesn't do oh, that. I <laughs> yeah. would have been so annoyed. <laughs> and of course, you'll find out later. Um, it, much like Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Han did lose a child and a wife. Uh, but because they don't really want to get into any anything political in this, because it, you know, again, it doesn't really have as much depth as the first movie does. It just yeah. doesn't. It feels a li- it feels slick. I love the foot of uh, photography. You know, we're in the Forbidden City. We go through these temples. We see the Great Wall. Like, oh, by the way, the fact that this place is filmed on location is fucking fantastic. Yes. Or this film, sorry. Like this, like the fact that they're actually filming in Beijing, they actually filmed in the Forbidden City. Which I guess was like the first movie to film there in like twenty something years. Um, like it was, it, like it just adds an extra layer of authenticity. Not you know, like <laughs> not like the next Karate Kid where there we suddenly there's a Buddhist <laughs> temple appears in the middle of Massachusetts. Well, maybe not. But I think what we talked about in Next Karate Kid that we liked was the fact that we were now in a different location, and in this you like. like that. I would have been cool with staying in the valley. <laughs> well, this feels it's just one it's it's one of those things where I was just like, damn, like it's so weird how this can be in such a different place, how the settings and the locations can be so different, yet the story can be so similar to that original movie. Oh, totally. And um, to the point where like we get the uh you know, like again, the formula of these movies is that we get introduced to the big bad. Something happens where Daniel questions his ability and has a new, or, you know, the karate kid, not just Daniel, but the karate kid has to, like, you know, make it up to the same power level of the of the rival. And then, of course, when it comes to the final confrontation, that's something they learned along the way that they drop on uh, to win the final the final fight. And here it's actually at the at the at the Taoist temple where we get to see kind of the setup for the new crane kick, I guess. And because uh, supposedly, like uh, you know, like we get that scene where where um, why am I blanking? Dre, where Dre sees the he sees the um, I don't remember if it was a monk or somebody. But someone that, like, another, like, Kung Fu practitioner who's, like, training and kind of mesmerizing a snake. 
um but the you know she's still using like a crane uh, a crane pose very similar to well not very similar <laughs> but <laughs> she's doing the kung fu equivalent of the crane uh crane pose yeah. she's got. doing this movie's crane pose yeah pretty much mm-hmm. um so you know like that's kind of like even that is the freaking same <laughs> yeah. down, right down to the same tool that um that uh dre's gonna need at the end of the film well the funny thing is the crane kick is such a part of pop culture that i didn't even realize it was from karate kid until i watched karate kid as an adult again Mm -hmm. right like it's just it's such a part of everything that anytime someone is trying to faux martial arts something the first thing that they'll ever do is go into crane pose yeah (laughs) and they'll do crane pose and then bruce lee noises that weren't even actually yeah and thankfully you know for the most part it just everyone is very respectful of each other's cultural differences in this I know, because it could very easily be turned around. <laughs> yeah, and again, there's some stuff where it feels a little, where it makes you wince a little bit. But you know, mm. it's it's I can't. I'm not the one that can say whether or not it's racist, right? Yeah. <laughs> and enough, you know. And because Will and Jada are behind this, like they had to okay this stuff. So I'm. You know, mm-hmm. if they're okay with it, then why the hell shouldn't I be? <laughs> well, I mean, it's also they don't also represent all of the cultures. So yes. <laughs> we just gotta also remember that part. Right. Right. You know, but that, they do they do, but they do represent what they think is right for their son, right? Mm-hmm. That's you true. Know, like so <laughs> just, just except the opposite for for any Latino problems, you guys definitely take me an angel's word for it. <laughs> we are the representatives of the delegation. So what? Yeah, shut up. I gave her, I gave us better jobs. The delegation probably wants nothing to do with me. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm too much of a I have too many dark thoughts. I'm too much of a crack pervert, <laughs> if you will. I'm too anti-Catholicism for this. <laughs> All right. Let's continue. Um, yeah, enough about us and how much of a failure of Latinos we are. Well, the funny thing is that we've basically gone through this entire movie without really like talking about too many of the specifics right uh, i do yeah. like the scenes uh of Ying and, and dre where they you know escape from school which you know in a town in, in, a, in a country where they take education much more seriously than they do in the states i'm surprised at how easily they were able to escape and, <laughs> and go guard, play hooky yeah that security guard wasn't going shit he fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> must have but uh i do like the fact that they get to you know have the arc they they get the arcade scene which daniel mm-hmm. and and ali got and again even that <laughs> is it's really interesting it almost feels like one of those things where like when i was in when i you know i think i've mentioned this on the podcast before my first year of college i took as one of my like non-academic courses, I took a acting class, Karate. a, the- a oh. theater acting class. Oh, you fucking would. <laughs> and one of the, you know, and, and sometimes we'd get these, uh, we'd have to do scenes, right? Scenes were basically exams in that class. And what would happen is that the professor would assign the entire class the same scene. But the scene doesn't have any specifics in it, right? It doesn't tell you what props to use. It doesn't tell you what context it's in, you know, like where what the set is and all that kind of stuff. It only gives you the lines. Um, and your job is to 
you know, you and the other person that you're doing the scene with, your job is to create the context around it, right? So that's kind of what it feels like in a lot of places here in this movie. It feels like we're giving you pretty much the same story, but the context and the location is going to be different. <laughs> and that's that's basically what I feel while I'm watching this. Um, Mr. Han's family's death. Uh, they Let's die. Get to it. Yeah. I think one of the things I don't like in this movie, I get why they probably felt that they needed to do it. Mm-hmm. But okay. It's it in I would let it go if it was just the fact that Mr. Han's family like was killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like fine, I can accept that. We had to accept that in the last movie, right? Like I can yeah. accept that even though it's less of a quote unquote deep, you know, thing than what happened with Mr. Miyagi's family. The problem I have with it is it doesn't make sense to me that he would keep the car that this accident was in and that he would every year decide to rebuild this car so he could destroy it. That is some serial killer type shit to me. (laughs) It's like a self, what's it called? Flagellating or when when you, Mm -hmm. when you hit yourself with the whip, right? Like it's the most bizarre roundabout self-flagellating, like, like, torture i'd ever heard of mm-hmm. and it's like i get what they're trying to do it, because he even says every year i you know I, I destroy the car and he goes but it doesn't change anything and i don't remember like i don't know I, I don't exactly understand if it was like it was meant okay sorry i'm like i'm like because i misremembered this scene i could have sworn when i first saw this movie way back when that he was in like he was drunk when he when he got in the car when he got in the car accident with his family and i think i just misremembered it but my understanding was that he was he was drunk when he got in that car accident killing them and that's why he blames himself but then when we when I rewatched it today, they don't make any mention of that. So I don't know if I was just going crazy. But then, no, like, that yeah, I don't think one. that I don't think that was ever the story. He was and drunk when he I was just, sitting in the car destroying it, but he was not drunk yeah, that's when why, he drove and they crashed. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason why I just assumed that he was drunk at the time that he got in the car accident. And I don't know. I think you could have. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that maybe that would have added some more depth. And that's like you know he he's in recovery you know he's in recovery or there's something but it's like no they just gave him the same literally the same cookie cutter backstory minus the military like career that Miyagi had and it's like even though it hit um you know it hit your heartstrings in the 84 version it doesn't really do anything for you when you watch it now in 2010 no it's um, the one it's the one part of this movie that i feel like it's just it's a step too far Right. I think the people who wrote this movie probably thought that. Okay, I'll put it to you this way. They probably thought that this was like the Stallone Creed moment where it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, the old guy, like the old guy who was the fighter is like now talking about like, you know, how after his years of fighting are, are over, he's left with nothing, which, you know, when we do talk about Creed, I cannot wait to talk about that. But I think that they probably thought it was going to be something like that when in reality it is 
even though Jackie Chan's acting is good, that part in the story is so difficult for me to get over. It kind mm-hmm. of it, it kills it for you. It kills yeah. the scene. <laughs> I think I think it's the reason why because in 2010, funny enough, there were some people that were saying, despite the fact that this movie got mixed reviews, mm-hmm. um, people were saying that 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 Jackie Chan had the potential to be in the running for a supporting Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. Now, um, well, I do agree that. Well, I mean, I do agree that Jackie Chan did deserve like. Some sort of commendation. I don't know if he deserved an Oscar. I don't know if he deserved a nomination either. But what I will he's basically say, playing the same role that Pat Morita did. Exactly, but that's not <laughs> what, <I'm doing. laughs> what I do want to say is for folks that do want to see Jackie Chan in more serious role, especially when, you know now that he's older. I highly recommend The Foreigner, where I think he goes through a lot more of an emotional depth as an actor and he's able to come he like he's given more chances to convey how good of an actor he really is so it's like if you like the serious bits of jackie chan in this movie highly recommend the foreigner also a great action movie um like he's still got it he still does his own stunts in that movie um but you do get to see him more a lot more of like grizzled old jackie chan but mm-hmm. yeah I digress. All right. Anyway, uh, from this we get the scene of from this we get the scene of uh, them using the sticks. You know, they're training using the sticks. Dre's mom sees like how he's changed. You know, he finds out that all the stuff that Mister Ron's been teaching him, his strength has been like you know he's a lot stronger. He's mm-hmm. a lot more flexible. This and this and that. Um, the, that high kick that he does on the cover art for this movie is impressive, and oh, uh, hell yeah, and they, even in this scene, it's like you get the shadow of like him like lifting his leg all the way <laughs> near his head. Yeah. You know, that is impressive. Uh, then we get to the tournament, and the tournament even looks exactly like the All Valley Karate mm. Tournament from Karate Kid One. They were not playing games. They were like, we are making this as close to the original as possible, which I guess it's smart. If you're going to do the fish out of water in a completely different country, you still, they still found a way to make the movie as familiar as possible. Because as we know, Western audiences, if it's anything we're unfamiliar with or not comfortable with, we will bitch and moan about it. Well, the other thing too, is just like, I feel like we're in a place now. Okay. So when this movie came out, the trend was start over again, get Uh new actors and basically tell the same story again. 10 years later, now that we're in like, you know, we're heading for season four of Cobra Kai. The new trend now is much like Halloween 2018. And like all these other movies is take these old series, put the original actors in it, bring them back years later. And really, I think the catalyst for this was star Wars. Really when star Wars came back at like during the mid 2010s, it's when everyone else wanted to do this as well now. So, so I think now it's like, as opposed to us wanting to see the same story again with new characters, we're more interested in 
picking up where movies from 30 years ago like ended and seeing what's happened to all these characters since. It's <laughs> that 55-year-old William Zabka and 59-year-old <laughs> Ralph Macchio ain't doing shit. All right, cool. Let's put them in a TV show. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd probably just be make it a safe bet that a lot of the kids that watch this movie in 2010 hadn't seen the original movie. They were the kids of those parents who brought them to see that movie. Oh, definitely. And now it's like the kids that are growing up is like us. You know, we were too young for Karate Kid 1 when it came out, but we watched it in the 90s on video and we Mm -hmm. watched it again as adults. And now we're watching it again in front of our kids. You know what I mean? Like, so it's (laughs) so so our kids, instead of wanting like new actors to do the same thing, they want to also go back into the archives for some of this stuff now. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Gen X. We like this shit better than you and do it better. <laughs> Balls in your court, you old fucks. <laughs> yeah, Gen X had their chance at this. It was called the next Karate Kid and they failed. <laughs> it's time to die, old man. <laughs> the future is now, says the 30-year-old man on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah i mean there's there's not too much to say that's different again this is this tournament is 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 basically the same thing as karate kid one um you shut up i love that (laughs) we need to talk about that mohawk kid uh, and how rad he is yeah mohawk basically for some reason i felt like mohawk was like this universe is like bad boy mike barnes (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so at one point, did we not think of making Mohawk Kid the protagonist of this film? <laughs> yeah. Mohawk Kid felt like it would have been awesome if him and Dre like had to team up against the evil dojo. <laughs> dude, that was, he was the coldest dude in the room, like, easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for plot armor, he would have kicked Chang's ass. I know it. <laughs> uh, and it pisses me off because I think, like, and now... the. I'm going to talk about an issue that I think we all feel very passionately about, especially as people of color, is the whole whitewashing of Hollywood, right? Because, you know, and this is going to be my time to step on my soapbox, especially being an anime fan. Around this time, well, actually, let me double check. But <laughs> there is, you know, you're familiar with Dragon Ball, right? Like Dragon Ball Z and all those movies, or all those, those cartoons, right? Kind of. Yes, familiar so, enough for this conversation. So in 2009, there was going to be a live action. There was the release of live action adaptation Dragon Ball called Dragon Ball Evolution. The problem is, the main problem is, is that they completely whitewashed the entire cast to make them like, you know, European Anglo looking actors when clearly the movie takes place in, 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 in Japan or, you know, the characters are supposed to be Japanese. So that's what annoys me. Like the more I think about it, is that if you know Hollywood decided to make these movies a little bit more faithful to source material, like you go out, you get yourself a Mohawk kid, and you make him the protagonist of Dragon Ball Z. So I mean, it is uh, you know this is something I'm also harping on from ten years ago because like obviously the culture has changed as far as filmmakers and as more. Uh, there's as there's more filmmakers of color that are telling more stories of color like you're seeing a lot more of that representation uh shout out to shang chi uh thank you marvel for giving me that pretty soon <laughs> so you know it's, it is really cool to see that you know a movie such as the karate kid where it was 
you know, Karate Kid 2010, where it did give a lot of these like Asian actors kind of a chance to shine, specifically Mohawk Kid, who I love with all my heart. <laughs> all right, I'm stepping down, stepping down from my little rant, and I'm stepping down from my soapbox so that we can finish up this review. Well, at the end, we get to the uh, the karate, the, you know, sorry, not karate, kung fu. I know. We, it's, you know what? Like, I'm sorry, guys. We're going to keep saying karate. Yes. If nothing else, by accident, because this movie is literally a remake of Karate Kid. 100%. <laughs> but we get to the uh, last round of the tournament when it's uh, Dre versus uh, Chang. Yeah. And uh, they even did the whole sweep the leg thing, man. Like, the, well, not the sweep the leg part, but like, you know, where the kid from the other kid from the Fighting Dragon Dojo ends up like almost breaking Dre's leg, very similar to the way uh, Daniel almost got his leg broken in the All Valley tournament. Um, and of course, we got the, we got the very similar scene of uh, Dre almost getting timed out. Um, and Jackie Chan having to use his uh, the fire cups to heal um, to heal Dre so that he can go back and out and fight. Mind you, that was like the longest two minutes in movie history, I think, because <laughs> Dre and Han have a whole ass like ten minute conversation. Uh, it's 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 too much. This is the part of the movie where I think it drags the most, and mm-hmm. I think the reason why it feels like it drags the most is because the original movie i feel like did it better with the you're the best montage like oh 100 they put they, the wrong montages in. yeah they sweep through it where this one it's just like they play this triumphant music and you know this like kind of contemporary music but not really at the same time like mm-hmm. you know it's it's it feels like it's just lagging a lot more so by the time you get to like the final fight it's like you're kind of ready for it to just end. <laughs> so, I'm just like, just kick him with the crane kick already, kid. Yes. And in this movie, of course, it's like, you know, we get the, we're, you know, one kick each or one hit each and uh, two hits each. And now the third one is the winner. And mm-hmm. then we get the scene where Dre does the, you know, the Cobra head thing, uh, gets Chang to move his head with him. And then all of a sudden, turns around and backflip kicks Chang in the head where he falls forward. <laughs> the most elaborate fucking kick in history. <laughs> oh my god, he just knocks the shit out of him. And I think I texted you, this entire tournament, the rules are at least kind of conveyed to you as you watch the tournament play out. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just left to assume that there are no rules in kung fu tournaments because there's kids doing hurricane ranas, there's kids <laughs> making other kids tap out, everyone is getting punched and or kicked in the face sometimes at the same time. There's a surprising amount of kid brutality in this. <laughs> <laughs> Finish! It's just me in the background. Finish him! Finish him! Throws an ice pick in the mat. <laughs> you feel like these kids are more likely to put someone in a body bag than the kids from part one. Oh yeah, and if they put someone in the body bag, ain't no one coming out that body bag. Uh, but anyway, we get the same thing. Dre wins. Uh, all the kids from the other training dojo. Yeah, fighting dragon, fighting right. dragon dojo or whatever. Yes, Academy, all of yeah, called. all of them come and uh, you know salute Dre and. Uh, and Mr. Han, who 
made all of them pick the shit out of each other. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, not Crease. I don't even know what this character's name was. I just know Master that he Lee. was. Yeah, Master Lee, a.k.a. not Crease. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did they pick the most, like, Crease-looking actor to play him, though. <laughs> they did. As close I, as they can get. Except, I, I don't know, for some reason, he feels a lot more like a blank. I feel like all the villains in this, it's like probably because of the language barrier it's just you never really kind of get to know them the way you get to know johnny and the cobra kai yeah it just feels like their motivation is evil like and and honestly it may not be their fault i think you and i have both talked about the fact that this movie is just overstuffed with stuff so oh and it was about to get overstuffed with way more stuff because uh did you get to see the (laughs) clip i sent you of yes i saw it I am so glad they didn't do that because <laughs> shut your mouth. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> no. All right. So the alternate ending to this is literally Lee and Mr. Han having like a post fight fight. Basically like the beginning of Karate Kid 2. You so know? My, my favorite part is you're right. It is like the beginning of the Karate Kid 2. And right as he's about to slap the ever loving dog shit out of Cheng like Han stops him and then it just it literally turns into malice in the palace because they start fighting all in front of the crowd <laughs> like they just, just go just... to the bleachers <laughs> punching the shit out of each other I did not expect a malice in the palace reference <laughs> <laughs> it was so great to see them like go into the fucking stands and like the least like shoving <laughs> random people. <laughs> just because he's an evil son of a bitch, Lee then throws a kid off the off the bleachers, and then Han has to save him. Oh Jesus! And they have a oh. whole ass like Jackie Chan improv fight where they use like the stuff. They use these benches. They have like a a duel using benches trying to hit each other. Yeah, but thankfully, you know, it's not the Karate Master. It is the Karate Kid. So the movie had to end with the focus on Dre, with him getting the tournament and the you know we did it, Mister Han, and uh, fade out, and the movie's over. And that was it. That was Karate Kid 2010. So I think after everything, the only thing we can ask now is, Angel, did you like Karate Kid? Uh, no. <laughs> I really liked this movie 10 years ago or 11 years ago when it came out. Um, I just don't have the same feelings about it now. I think because, you know, I think Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai really reconnected me to with those characters from that original movie so much. Mm-hmm. That this movie really just feels like an all saran now, you know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like it's part of the proper canon anymore. And it's just so similar to the first movie. You know, Jaden Smith never really made a ton of movies after this. Um, Are it feels after Earth wasn't actually now that movie was Garbo. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, basically, what I mean is this movie. At the time when it came out, I thought it was going to be the beginning of a new series, and it just wasn't. Yeah, you know? and you know what? How many of those remakes from that time period of the late aughts and the early tens really made it into a whole new series? Right? None. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many? And we saw a shit ton of them. 
yeah. especially in the horror like in the when it comes to the horror genre right yeah well just in any genre we had terminator where christian bale became john connor now oh i forgot about salvation <laughs> yeah. it was probably bad yeah and then, and then uh, they tried to reboot it again with dark fate well they had to right because then sam worthington was the was the t 800 in that one uh and it's just like yeah it's just they you know these things just didn't work <laughs> yeah pretty much because that was around the time what a couple years later you get the robocop reboot um, oh uh, yeah we gotta yeah. watch that <laughs> this was an awful time this was an awful time for was, we talk about how there's no creativity in 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 movies now but it's like at least they're they're going back to some of these original actors and they're and they're trying to build like new mythology, like just based around these characters. Mm-hmm. It's just this didn't work. It yeah. just again, as we said, it just felt too it felt too similar. Even though we liked all the characters that are in it, even though I don't think it's bad. I don't think no, it's, it's Karate Kid three of, bad. No, I don't it's... think it's I don't think it's next Karate Kid so bad. It's good for me. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally an overstuffed version of of uh karate kid one it's like ralph macho mm-hmm. being overstuffed in his karate, <laughs> karate kid three. all right oh javi. suck it ralph macho all right javi did you like 2010's the karate kid nah and and like <laughs> that's what and that's what's hard is that there's so much to like i like taraji b henson i like um Jackie Chan. I like little Will Smith. Jaden Smith. I, I just he looks him a lot to... like Will Smith in this movie, too, oh, by the way. He definitely does. <laughs> I just was expecting him to turn to Mr. Han and be like, why doesn't he want me, man? <laughs> but you know, like it like it, like that's the thing. I have no problem with with them doing like the same story beats. But it's like they were so afraid to add anything new. And the stuff they did add was just fluff. Like it just, again, overstuffed uh, already what is a two hour movie. Like I watched, originally I watched this kid, or I watched Karate Kid uh, when I was working still at the summer camps. So it's like we took our, like, we took our, 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 our camp to, uh, to watch this movie as like a field trip. And it's like, it, this movie couldn't even keep people's attention for the entire two hour and 20 minute runtime. <laughs> like there were just some kids that eventually got bored. Like, but like the novelty kind of wore off. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies. I don't, I'm not also going to sit here and say, no, don't watch it. Avoid it. Like, no, give it a shot. Um, you know, it's definitely a fresh take on the karate kid story, but it's just not a better take than what we're used to. So yeah, that's about it. All right, so that is the end of our Karate Kid movie series. Uh, the next episode that we're going to do in this series is going to be our Cobra Kai episode, which I think is actually going to be the first time proper that we're going to do a television series as opposed to a movie. So I'm excited for that. However, in between, you know, the our Cobra Kai episode in two weeks, and now. We have decided that we will be reviewing uh, the Justice League that is coming out at the end of this week on HBO Max, the Zack Snyder cut of the movie, Uh, mainly because none of you asked for it, but we are doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I watched Justice League when it came out in theaters in 2017. I seriously tried to convince myself it was a good movie the year it came out. (laughs) And I have watched it in years since and have come to my senses in the fact that it's an awful movie. And let me be clear, Zack Snyder's Justice League, in my opinion, is going to be an awful movie. But I'm looking forward to watching it. I just want to be able to know that I've watched it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, this is a spite watch for me because I will never forget the month that I, I started Twitter. And I had that rando nerd call me a dumb bitch because <laughs> your enemies <laughs> list. Yeah, I don't know who that kid is, but he's on my enemies list. If I ever see him, it's on site. Do you hear me, Pussy Slayer sixty nine? <laughs> I'm coming for you. Come here, coward! 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 <laughs> I turn into Alex Jones. <laughs> God. but like there i remember that dude got so like so like angry like because i said that the snyder cut doesn't exist and you can't just keep saying things exist and are better versions of the shitty thing we got. <laughs> <laughs> because, but i also immediately ate crow because a month later that's when they announced the snyder cut was released well you're not wrong you're not wrong and we'll talk about it next week oh definitely yeah we'll definitely talk about it next week but i don't think you're wrong (laughs) and we'll discuss why i'm not wrong especially when this hot pile of steaming garbage that's gonna look really pretty (laughs) it's gonna be a fucking four-hour experience oh i can't wait (laughs) i'm gonna i hate myself already (laughs) all right we'll talk to you guys about the justice league 2021 Zack Snyder cut next week. Bat nipples. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all.